0: Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Several weeks ago, we talked about passive permission, the idea that we give people permission to continue poor behavior when we do nothing about it well there is a synonym to that and it's embedded in the cancel culture today we're explaining what that is and sharing our thoughts so grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in well hey les hi les how are you i'm good I, um, you know, I've gone back to work at my office. I set up an outdoor space. I may have mentioned that. And so my life feels like it's really designed a new normal that's very similar to my old life with the exception of being able to get hugs from my kids and, uh, (laughs) you
1: know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's more of the same here. Yeah. Yeah. It is normal. And that's kind of (laughs) sad. (laughs) you mean going back to the busy schedule and the frantic yeah rushing around yeah yeah yeah
0: i i did notice you know so many of my clients talked about how nice it was to have that extra time and i'm hoping that people really are thoughtful about that as things ramp back up you know and I, I, I have to think that they are. You can't find roller
1: skates, bicycles, swimming pools, or play yeah. sets. I am in the market for three bikes for my kids to have at my dad's house and you're right, they are they are completely sold out everywhere.
0: Yeah, remind me and there's a place in Newark, Delaware I think it's called the Bicycle Exchange, and what they do is they go around and they collect all of the bicycles that are abandoned by college students from the university, and then they repair them and sell them at a steep discount. Okay, that's a great idea. Yeah, and it might be, that might be something available in a lot of college towns around, so it's just, you know, it's a thought.
1: Yeah, I will definitely look into that. That's not far from me. Good. So today
0: we're, we're this was really a topic that you were passionate about. And so I'd kind of like you to introduce it to us and, you know, I'll throw in my two cents worth.
1: Okay. Yeah. So cancel culture is something that, I mean, that's really the term that's been floating around, you know, more and more and more really as time goes on. And there was an article from The Telegraph in in the UK, and the author says this, explains it very much more eloquently than I would say it, seeing as how I just stumbled over that sentence. but So here's what she says. She says, this is cancel culture, the phenomenon where if someone says something you think appalling you not only protest, but you also seek to remove the perpetrator's livelihood and sometimes their life. Physical threats are important, but they are often dismissed because they are online. No one can write freely from a place of terror and violence will jump off the internet and into life. This is only a rehearsal. So she's kind of going into a little bit more, but basically it's where, and I'm going to give a, an example, it, this just happened within the last week. By the time we post this podcast, it will have been a few weeks ago. But the president of Goya Foods, which mm-hmm. is a largely, um, it's a, you know, a food manufacturer that provides to a lot of the Hispanic community. It's, you know, in the international food aisle. And we know mm-hmm. what our has said and how he's talked about Hispanic people. And the president of Goya Foods said that we are blessed to have President Trump as our president. And as you can imagine, there was a swift call to boycott Goya Foods and cancel them. Because how can you sell food to the Hispanic community when the president of the United States has said that these people are rapists and murderers, and you think the president is? A blessing. I mean gosh, if if there's an example that I think sort of exemplifies <laughs> why cancel culture exists and how I can I'm very split on this topic but I can certainly see how how, how could someone support that? I mean that's just right.
0: Well, and it's interesting that the description that this person offered was to remove the perpetrator's livelihood and sometimes their life and yeah it certainly no one's life should be removed and if we're removing someone's livelihood to the extent that they're making their own decision to check out that's that's a mental health issue right
1: yeah well the other thing is like you know I as a small business owner, I and you experience this too cuz you own a small business and have owned it more in the past, but you know, you realize the impact that your money has. I think when you're kind of steeped in the small business culture or environment. And it would make sense and I I do this. If someone gives you bad service or if someone you know does something that you don't like, you can choose not to spend your money with that person or with that company. And I think that is completely legitimate. I, I think that you should, you should spend your hard-earned money where it feels good and where you think it can have the most impact. And, you know, not everyone thinks about it to that extent, but that, that's <laughs> the right that we have. I think we should think about where we're spending our money.
0: Yes, I. I mean, I totally agree.
1: I mean, and and
0: as I stated in the episode about passive permission, if there is no consequence, what is the motivation for a behavior change? Right. And yeah. I mean, if if I listen, if I, ugh, I'm trying to think of a good ex- way to say this, but if I'm in a workplace and I personally enjoy. Um, throwing around lewd comments or suggestive comments, I'm going to get canceled from that job. Correct. You're going to be fired. Yeah. That's right. If that's a cancel culture, right? If I do something that violates the moral code of that organization, I will get canceled. So, why can't we cancel the organization who violates our moral code?
1: Yeah. And, and here's where I struggle. This is I agree with all of that, a hundred percent. And I will I will give an example. I actually was the beneficiary, if you can say that, although that feels a little yuck to say. My biggest planner competitor was just a victim of cancel culture. And I don't I I use the term victim very loosely because I personally believe that she her behavior was appalling and she brought it on herself. But, and, and if for those that I'm not going to go into it, but for those interested, you can look it up. The Aaron Condren is the company, the, the person, Aaron Condren engaged in some really crappy, crappy behavior surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement and her children's graduation. But a lot of people flocked to me and other small planner companies when this came to light about her. And, my sales went up tremendously. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. They hundred percent did floored me. I couldn't, I couldn't understand what was going on. I was very happy. I, I try to be on the right side of things, right? I donate. I believe that black lives matter. I try to volunteer. I, you know, I'm trying to be the kind of business owner that people feel good about giving their money to me. Because again, I, I recognize that it's, an honor to have people trust me enough to do that. However, where where do you allow for change to come in? And I'm not saying that Aaron Connern is like worthy of this. There's there's other examples, but you know, if if someone does something, like shouldn't we give them the opportunity to change and then get back in our good graces? And if we take cancel culture to the extreme where we're completely removing their livelihood and what, what's next, maybe, maybe what's next is, well, too bad. You got canceled and you earned it. And that's what happens. But,
0: I mean, certainly an all or none mentality isn't healthy. Right. Right. But I You know, just like going to the restaurant, if you go to a restaurant and they don't provide good service or your server's not, you might go back and try again a different server. But if that server isn't any more effective, then you're probably going to boycott the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, really, we're talking about boycotting and boycotting is not a new thing. And ultimately, the free market system is built on supply and demand. Well, in order to generate demand, you must serve your
1: consumer. It's, this is not a new thing. Yeah. Well, here here's what I think is interesting. So, there There are people who will cancel something, no problem. Am I going to buy royal food next time I go to the grocery store? Honestly, probably no. I'm going to think twice before I purchase from that brand because I don't believe that brown people are worthy of being called murderers and rapists. It's horrible. I cannot believe a president said that. I don't feel comfortable supporting someone who supports that behavior. It doesn't feel good to me. I'm not going to do it. But. It's interesting because there are people who are canceling J.K. Rowling right now, right? She has said some, and honestly, I need to look into this a little bit more about what she said. Uh, Her position, position on transgender rights, I think, is muddy. J.K. Rowling has this position on transgender rights, which people think is disgraceful. I haven't looked into it. But I don't, I don't know myself. I need to do more reading, but there's been a whole bunch of things floating around the internet where it's like, how can we still love Harry Potter and cancel JK Rowling at the same time? Right. So, <laughs> because it's like, okay, well, we're going to never buy Goya brand again. But we love Harry Potter so so much that we're going to find a backdoor way to cancel her. All right, well, news flash. She already got our uh, money for Harry Potter. So <laughs> I mean, I just think it's interesting that like people aren't going to they aren't willing to give up things that are very sacred to them. Right. And, and out there. I mean, that's the truth. And that's what I mean
0: about the market demand, right? And and it's also what I mean, about, I mean, this has been an issue, and it really is wrapped up in that whole concept of passive permission. And the the idea that am I between a rock and a hard place if in order to change behavior, do I have to give up those things that are important to me that I love? Or do I sacrifice that value piece so that I can have the things I love? It's, and it's an, it really is very interesting. Now, I have a friend who told me once that they would never go back into I think it was a Safeway grocery store. And I said, why? And she goes, I, I, I don't remember what it was that happened, but she felt that she did that. They violated that store violated her code of ethics somehow. And, she just would never, ever go back in. I mean, she would drive 10 extra miles to find a store, another grocery store. I, on the other hand, have most often opted for the convenience. I could have gotten pissed off, but if it was more convenient for me to go to this store, I was probably going to go to that store. So it, it it is a quandary. And I think that, you know, part of the problem is, we get acclimated or it's not the right word, but when people say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that," and they demonstrate that with their behavior by not doing it again, then we can acquiesce because everybody makes mistakes, right? Nobody's perfect.. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the problem is is that if you don't change your behavior, now we don't believe you're sorry. Now there's, now we're having to, it's a different problem.
1: Yes. And that's actually what happened with my competitor. This was not her first event. So it's maybe the third or fourth events. I don't know. But I, I have a problem with this I, and full disclosure. I don't even know who this actress is. I've never even heard of her name in my entire life. But when I was looking into this, Jodi Comer is her name, I believe and i guess on twitter it's you know trending that people wanted to cancel this actress whatever you know however that looks like because she's dating a republican so she herself has not done anything necessarily worthy of being canceled other than dating someone who has a political belief in which people are aligning that belief with acceptance of the current president, I can only imagine because let's be honest, I'm, I would not consider myself a Republican, but I think there have been plenty of respectable Republicans and I, I can get on board with a Republican any day of the week. If I feel that they are, you know, honest and they really are fighting for what they believe is right i can I, I can be completely okay with that, but this thing is like scary this is terrifying to me that someone is being cancelled for dating someone who has this political belief because where does that leave us? every Everyone and everything will be cancelled. There is no perfectionism, either for people or for organizations and I might be canceling Republicans and other people are going to be canceling Democrats. And then it just is very divisive. And it just seems like this is, I mean, I hate to use the slippery slope, you know, argument here, but boy, oh boy, where does it end?
0: I, I have a couple of comments about that, but I'm going to share them right after this. Hey everyone, it's Leslin. One of our goals this year is to grow the podcast audience and you can help. We would truly appreciate a share or a shout out if you found the ideas here helpful. Don't forget, you can always touch base with us personally on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, trythisathomepodcast.com. So that question that you asked, where does it end? I really think this goes into, I think we could take this into the arena of what's happening in our worlds right now. The division that exists, you know, it's, there are no more middle of the road positions. It's like people have come to the center taken a stand and gone all the way to one side or the other. Right. You know, psychologically speaking, we could certainly say that if if you're dating someone who is a Trump supporter, that says a lot about your choices. It says a lot about you as a person. If I'm wearing a crop top that says a lot about me as a person right right now somebody who doesn't like crop tops on old ladies probably would make a value statement about me because of my choice and i think that's what's happening but it's happening to the nth degree yes and i you know i my mother used to say you are an extension of me. If you go out of the house with dirty fingernails, it's an extension of how I treat you or how I care for you. And there is some truth in that. Most people, if they see a kid with dirty fingernails, they don't think about that kid not having responsibility for himself. He thinks like, who's watching out for that kid? And we we do have a tendency to do that with adults too. You know, if I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, I don't want my husband to do that. And if I'm honest, I mean, how many times have I talked about Harlan wearing socks with his Tevas? Right? <laughs> you know, and I mean, really that was my problem. I needed to let go of thinking that Harlan was an extension of me if he wore socks is because I let him give me a break. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> I prefer the whole Kellyanne Conway and George story about how she's this really conservative Trump supporter and he is not, but they stay married.
1: Right. I don't know how, but (laughs) what? I think they are getting divorced. (laughs) Are they? Okay. Well, I can't, I mean, to be fair,
0: the controversy surrounding their differences has been pretty big. I mean, but isn't that also kind of a good example of how people went to the center and then just ended up on a polar opposite sides. I mean, we talked about this after the last election, my couples therapy went through the roof, the numbers of people that I was seeing because somebody had voted for Trump and somebody had not, you know, or, or, I there's probably three families off the top of my head where the parents were ultra conservative and the ch- adult children were r- liberal. And it created such a rift. And I think that that's really sad. I think that it's really sad that we've become so unaccepting. But then where is the line? If you violate my values, mm-hmm. I have a right to set a boundary. So. Right. I think right now we're just really, really struggling was where, where is that line?
1: Yes. And I, I want, uh, you were talking about this is really a boycott, which it is. And, and it's a form of protest to, mm-hmm. uh, to cancel something. Right. So that's the protest. And the whole point of protest in, in my opinion is change. People are fighting for change. Right. And rightfully so. But if you are, if, if we take this to the, to the end here and we cancel someone and they lose their job or they go out of business or whatever that is, and there's no recovery possible for them, why would they change? That's that's my fear. Is if there's if someone comes alongside of you and says, "Hey, you know, do you know that this is really bad, or do you know that this company's president has just said this?" And you know, and we come alongside of someone, I think that is it leaves the door more open for change. I'm just worried that nobody would care if they felt like they couldn't ever get back to their position? Well, so when I, when I hear that
0: position, I think about prison reform. Mm. I hear, I think about any kind of reform, right? And the, especially for some of the more socially, social irresponsible things like, you know, I mean, Megan's law, says you know notifies everybody that there's a child predator in your neighborhood right does that person ever have an opportunity for acceptance with this scarlet letter does a felon ever have the opportunity for reformation if you know, they can't, and this is kind of this proverbial question, right? Somebody makes a mistake, they go to jail, they pay the price, they come out, they want to rebuild their life. But if you're constantly having to say I'm a felon, and a company won't hire you. And I think to some extent, these punitive elements are, are a part of our culture so that people don't stumble into these crevices of immoral divides. Yeah. But, but it's gotten crazy.
1: Right. Well, that, that's a good point. I think, you know, knowing, maybe knowing that cancel culture exists should be the wake up call that you need to examine where you're spending your money or who you're supporting or all of that stuff. But at the same time, you know, I feel like this also would lead to a lot of confirmation bias where you're only surrounding yourself with people who believe and think just like you. And when when it comes to things that are really, really important to us, I think that's good. But having no outside opinion or differing opinion is scary. And I I think we should be allowed to interact with people who are different than us without assuming that our interactions are an indication that we are in sync with them yeah i I mean
0: we're not going to solve this obviously in 30 or 40 minutes but i i do hope that our listeners will really sit back and think about this because i see this and when i'm when i sit back and i just try to observe what i see are value shifts happening in our culture and it's one thing to ask me to disagree or you know for us to agree to disagree about what color wall looks good in your house it's certainly within reason to say let's disagree to disagree on how many piercings is attractive. But when it comes to a value of humanity, I'm going to take a strong stance. Right. And what's happening, I think is that we are navigating that we're navigating our value as our values as a society in a way that i suspect and i'm not a historian but i suspect that this is you know i'm pretty sure that's kind of the essence of the christian reformation right That, that there was this massive divide between the quote-unquote heathens and the quote-unquote christians and the christians said everybody needs to be a christian and if you're not a christian we're gonna stamp you out now for all of you historians that are listening i want to just reiterate i'm not a historian so i know it wasn't quite that simple but it's i think that we're kind of headed in that direction and i swear I, at least once a week i am i shake my head and think was stephen king's book the stand a vision of this <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> you know, and for those of you, if you're young, I, you probably don't remember the book. The movie was like a miniseries, but pick up the book. Don't look for the miniseries. pick up the book, Stephen King's The Stand. It's not as gory as his some of his other books, but it's it literally is a a, a fictions dystopian story that talks about what happens to society after a pandemic yeah and it's it's fascinating to me but i I really do think that we're if we get way down past the superficial element of hey let's boycott that because they like trump it's bigger than that yeah and it's you know what happened when the British or the the Americans boycotted the British taxes? Yes. <laughs> you know? I mean, there is a a shift happening. I pray to God that it doesn't end up with the kind of divide that those other things happening i hope that we're civil enough that we can start negotiating space but i find that it's very interesting that so much of our society is taking a stand on their values and saying i'm not going to compromise my value of humanity Yeah. And you know, is that
1: I, I there's a part of me that says that can't be a bad thing i I think it's good. I think overall, it's good because I think, like you said, people are waking up to the fact that there are some things that need fixed, and maybe complacency has taken hold for too long and and people are waking up, and that's really good. I just personally struggle with how far do i take it because I yeah i don't know like you know i'm trying to think of a product that i use that i would never give up i i don't know but if, if it's something that i would never ever give up and then they say something terrible i have a feeling i would be making excuses yeah okay well let's so i have a
0: Let me see if I can tell you what this is. This is called Progressive Shopper. It is a plugin. I think that's what it's called that I have on my Chrome browser and a web extension. That's what it is. And it tells me on every website that I go into, it tells me what the political position of that company
1: is. So I'm on Amazon because I am not giving up Amazon. Well, okay, that is the perfect example. That is the perfect example. I I don't think Jeff Bezos is a great guy, but I'll be damned if I'm not buying something off there every single day. Right. And so it says there are five
0: serious issues, okay? Now, I'm just going to tell you, Jeff Bezos or not, Amazon is a company. So Progressive Shopper gives this, if I close it, it says it's okay, but there are five serious issues. Then I click on it, and it says 74% of Amazon's overall contributions are to Democrats. 49% of its PAC contributions are to Democrats but 88% of the employee contributions go to, uh, or from employee contributions are to Democrats. So Jeff Bezos may be a Republican, but the employees, all those people who work for them, they're predominantly Democrat. And so it says, hey, this is okay because you're supporting ultimately the millions or the tens of thousands of employees for Amazon. If you look at the competitors, it's saying that Etsy and Sears are better options. You know, but I mean, this is a pretty interesting extension. It's called Progressive Shopper. And obviously, it's a liberal thing. But every website that you go to, there will be a notification as to whether or not, you know, who's supporting it. So, I mean, that's cancel culture, right? Here's yeah. a web extension that says, if you only want to support liberal companies, this is going to give you that data.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I did not know that existed. I'm, that's really amazing. Yeah, I mean, want I, I mean, it, it, does it do it on every single website?
0: Every single shopping website. Here, I'll log on. Give me yeah. another site. Just yeah. kind of pick one.
1: We'll do mine. Oh, right. Lime Life.
0: So I have to spell it correctly first. Life Planners. Now, see, if you're, see, I think it's recording public contributions, right? So if you haven't made a very nice
1: website, by the way. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think I have made anything public.
0: Yeah. So then it's not going to be on there. It just tracks public contributions.
1: Right. Okay. That's very interesting. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I, well, I have, I, I do, I don't like to, you know, I don't like to scream it from the rooftops when I donate to organizations because it feels a little self-serving, but I have donated. So maybe I would want to do it publicly. So people could be informed. See, there you go. Wow. The- So
0: I I hope that we have given you all something to think about today. The cancel culture, we're not trying to say that it's right or wrong. Certainly if you go back and you listen to our conversation about passive permission, we, you know, we've talked about how do we, how do we create change with our uh, commerce behavior? And that's, you know, this is kind of the other side of that or the extension of that. Do we take change or creating change too far? Are there, are there too many extremes? And I, I think it would be really helpful if all of us really checked ourselves. So that's why I try this at home is to check yourself, check your value system, check your behavior, your, especially your consumer behavior, and whether or not it matches your value system, and make very conscious, intentional decisions that you can live with. And that's our discussion for today. So, thanks so much for showing up. This is Leslie and Leslyn. Hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.